All right, so today I get to sit down with a truly extraordinary woman, a truly extraordinary athlete, and an incredible business owner here in Central Oregon. Today, you and I get to have a conversation with Renee Mativier. Did I get that correct? Okay, yes. good. And as I began to put together her bio, it's four pages long. <laughs> this is a woman who, since high school, has hit and achieved and broken records and made national and international recognition in the field of running. Um, one of the things she told me is she is the only athlete, period, to have championships in track, road, and trail running. That is just the tiniest taste of everything that Renee has achieved. She is a professional athlete and a business owner here in Bend. She owns a business called Recharge, where it's personal training, rehab, therapy, the physical life, essentially. Uh, all of the injuries and, and damage you've done to your body, this is how you have handled it and, and created an entire business around productive and, and therapeutic exercise, yeah? Yes. So, starting there, now let me introduce Renee Mativier. And <laughs> here we go. So, you have created a life for yourself focused on physical performance. And you have been doing that for now 20-something years? 25. 25 years. <laughs> crazy when you think about it. <laughs> and you're almost in your sixth year of owning your business here in Bend. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do is go, my first thing, like as I look at all your accomplishments, all your achievements, the first thing I think about is how did you get to a place where that was something you knew you wanted to do with your life? Like you were in gymnastics as a kid, is that correct? Yeah. So you started in gymnastics. Were you also running then as well? Um, I started gymnastics at age four, so okay. um, as well as soccer, because you've met me already. I have a lot of energy, yeah. so even as a small child, um, it had to be directed somewhere, and sports was always kind of my aptitude. Um, but um, running didn't start till I was 12, after okay. um, a big gymnastics injury at okay. age 10 and 11. So... Um, so injuries kind of started early for me. Right, which um, it seems to be the case for a lot of gymnasts. Any athlete in general, if right, you're, yeah. um, and any person who is pushing themselves um, and trying to get the most. Um, I think my passion in my business came to help alleviate or prevent a lot of those things mm -hmm. from happening and sharing that knowledge. But even then, like when you're working hard, um, some are inevitable when you're pushing right. that line, that right. envelope. Um, but the goal is to stay below it and, <laughs> and like listen right, to your body, right, right it, below right. it. Um, but um, I think a lot of my injuries are what um, spurred me to a different right. path. Um, they're very heartbreaking and starting over is one of the hardest things you can do. I've seen so many athletes quit or I meet people on the stream like, oh, I can't run anymore because of this and I'm like, well, did you try everything? There's right, a lot of research right. out there now. Um, and maybe 10 years ago, the research was different. Um, and like your passion to do this when you don't have this outlet in Bend, which is crazy to me. And then when you said not in Portland as well, mm -hmm. um, people wanting to really highlight the passions and pursuits yeah. of others. Yeah. Um, I found the same thing in the sport world. Um, even as a pro, 
the things that are available you think are limitless aren't. And the research is with, you think the internet makes it better, but there's so many things and right. so many different research articles. And you have to look at who's the study about, who, what it was their sample size. And most people don't know how to navigate that and right. have that resource. And so um, that is what pushed me to that so next level. I want to back up to when you were not necessarily 12 when you first started <laughs> running, but let's say a few years into that, Sounds like from the research, from doing some background research, you excelled early. Like in high school, you... First race, actually, at 12. <laughs> <laughs> I knew my path in the first race. <laughs> but, so that's my question is, like literally, was it like the first race you ever ran and you're like, I want to do this for the rest of my life? Or at mm. how, do you, how do you develop to a point where someone makes a decision to be a professional athlete, professional runner, that's because a big it's, question. Not a, yeah. it's not a traditional path. Well, especially when I did it. So I've been pro for 14 years now, okay. going on my 15th year, and women in particular were less seen um, in that role. Even, even my parents yeah. didn't, I mean, they wanted me to get a scholarship because Title IX was already there. Right. Um, and so that was kind of the driving force. But once I got my scholarship and college paid for, um, that wasn't supposed to be my focus anymore. <laughs> then <laughs> but, they're like, move along. Yeah, but like, I don't know how many people would tell me that's a real job. Like, right, like yeah, you make that's... money doing that, like running. I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, a lot of people run. It's one of the, what's cool about running, and obviously I'm very passionate about it, so I'm yeah. gonna be biased. Um, anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. At any age, you don't even need anything really. Um, I mean, you can be barefoot if you need to. I think shoes are better, but that's, that's really <laughs> right. it. Um, yeah. Traveling, any, I mean, it's something you can do um, forever. And it has a lot of following. And I think that's, um, I mean, the running boom happened in the 70s and I think it just mm -hmm. continued. Obviously the marathon's big, um, which if we fast forwarded, that's how I got into the marathon because you kind of have to. No, I'm kidding, right. you don't have to. But um, it's a big, it's kind of the premier event of right, running. Right. So I don't, when I didn't do the marathon, I don't know how many times when people found out I'm a runner, do you run the marathon? I'm like, no, like, uh, but one day, right. <laughs> one day. But um, it is a special event. Okay. But when I was 12, to go backwards, yeah, yeah. Um, I knew my sport pretty much day one. Um, I was always good at sports, like I said, mm -hmm. but that one, I shined in the first race. And I think it's true of people that you, I, I'm passionate about running just for the love of it. And it's become a part of me. But you know, when you're really good at something that it helps, like, especially at a young age, you, you're definitely very much more excited about it mm -hmm. right away. And, um, I've grown a lot since that first race because I was a cocky. I was a cocky little shit back then. I'm not gonna like it's it's true. Like right. it was bad. Um, I I mean I came in like this. I was like uh, I, I like, yeah. got the record in my first race was 200 meters ahead. I was just right. jogging in, um, and I'm like I'm sold. This is yeah. this is where this is it. <laughs> You're like I am on top of the yeah, world. Yeah, before all the hard work happened, right, and I right. realized how like, much it's it's one of the most lonely sports in some ways, and also, like I said, millions of people do it. So it's it's this weird sport where millions of people can relate to you, but yet you're really alone in most of your training. Right. Um, and there's less women for me to run with a lot of times, so I have to train with men, and which is wonderful. Um, I think you know women are fortunate that we can 
find um, training partners a lot and pacers. Right. But um, it, when I started, it was still not seen as a job. Because hmm. you, like, you went to school or went to college on scholarship yeah. for running, but you got you got both a BA in mathematics mm -hmm. and a BA in business administration with a like math focus or a economics. Economics. So economics, economics degree with a with business, business focus. focus. Yeah. Did those happen at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> this, that all happened at the same time. It having no mathematical intu in natural ability whatsoever. Uh, it just uh, was that, and I know at some point further down the road, you even thought about a PhD in mathematics. Started it, but <laughs> never. Was that? But it seems that running was was always the passion and always. I love the math. It's like this okay. hidden side of me that people don't always notice right. um, or get shocked about once they find <laughs> out. I'm like, wait, you're bubbly and an athlete. You like math? I'm like, yeah, I like math. <laughs> <laughs> Secret nerd. But um, um, it makes sense to me. It's rational, mm -hmm. um, even though I'm. I like that quote where like your feet are on the ground but head in the clouds. Right. Um, they're like my two sides of myself. But I think it's like I'm organized and rational and driven and mathematics kind of is similar in a different way. Um, and so I, I still have a passion for math, but um, running and athleticism um, and the pursuit of um, your best self mm -hmm. um, is my real like what really like you know like when you have a passion for something and you have that fire that one hands down like there's mm -hmm. it's a huge fire okay. like i love math i it's beyond love of what i do now and so something you just said uh caught my attention it it intrigues me is it the it seems that yes you are absolutely passionate and loving about running but it seems that there is a bigger picture to that as well for you of pursuing your best self. Yeah. Is that the the real heart and soul of what drives you? Yeah, and it it that I've done a lot of sports when I was younger, and every single one of them I kind of put full effort in. Um, running's where I excel the most, mm -hmm. but it's with everything I do, and I think. The reason running, not only do I excel at it, but it challenges me more than anything else does. Um, you don't have anyone else to rely on. Um, it's very numbers driven. Um, mm -hmm. It's all about current and what you can do now. But injuries and other setbacks, which actually attributes to life as well, um, across the board, um, all of us have had setbacks. Um, and I think that pursuit of not just yourself athletic, athletically, but you as a person mm -hmm. as a result. Um, and I think most of us hate things that get in the way of that. <laughs> so. Right, right. Yeah. So I want to go back to when you were in college now. And I'm sure your parents were like, yeah, mathematics degree or economics degree, like there's something you can actually put in a job, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, or, they still didn't even like those. They wanted me to be an engineer. And then, uh, <laughs> because mathematics and economics wasn't hardcore enough, I yeah. guess, right? <laughs> and so, I'm, so they were like, you know, honey, shouldn't you be doing some like engineering classes or something that you can actually use? Yeah. 
And was there a conversation? Was there a sort of breakthrough moment for you where you were like, nope, like I am, I am following this path until I drop? I mean, What's exactly what you said times a thousand. <laughs> um, but um, I did a speech with these young girls on empowerment mm -hmm. um, and non-traditional paths. And um, not everyone has the opportunity to be a pro athlete. It's, right. you know, 1% of 1% that actually go to making money at it. And I made very good money at it at one point, um, which is rare as a female on top of that. Right. Um, so when I was speaking, I was like, you don't know. I've had so many people tell me I'm done. I have videos of me in high school racing and there's people in the crowd saying I'm done. And because I was going through mono at the time and we didn't know it though. And like, right. um, and you know, there's a lot of, you know, changes that happen to your body at that time. And you can accept what people say, or you can just use that as fuel. And I'm the, I use it as fuel. I okay. actually like hearing it because I like to prove people wrong, but, right. um, I still got my degree. I still did 20 hours a semester at times. Like I still like put the work into my future at all times. Like I don't believe in like not having a backup plan, but okay. at the same token, I was all in, like right. it was there, but I never like thought of as a backup plan. It was just another side of me. Okay. I don't believe anyone's one dimensional anyways. Um, and even though running is that passion for me and I had this opportunity and I didn't even know where it was going to go with all the injuries I've had, but I only had, you're, you're only young once. You only have one <laughs> shot. You can't go back and do that. Right. You, you have your shot then. And I would have regretted it for the rest of my life if I didn't try. Um, and I was really fortunate. Nike signed me right out of college. So I had the outlet. I would have made way more money doing stuff with my math degree. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I graduated, there was 35 of us and only five females um, right. with a math degree. Like a pure math degree is actually more rare. Um, and at the time, especially a female. Um, so I had job offers, but I turned them down because um, I knew what I wanted to do. And um, I had the opportunity to, I was really fortunate. Um, also, I'm very good at numbers. So I'm very good at making sure budgeting and finances and right. making it um, feasible for myself. Right. Um, hence why I was able to open a business as well, because I didn't just spend my money and blow it. Right. Um, so um, I think being smart about things and setting yourself up well, mm -hmm. but you have to give yourself that shot. Otherwise, you, I, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life. I'm still, get, I'm still not done. I'm, right. I'm 37 now, and I'm like, okay, I have eight months to the next trials. So, um, so um, I believe if you really want it, um, whether you fall short or not, um, that's the passion, and that's, it's not the end result always either. But you know, during it, I, I made sure to cross my T's and dot my I's. Was was there a moment where your where your parents came around where where they saw I don't know if they still tell. still to <laughs> this day they're still like really you could go back and do math they do but then they're still on they're like when's your next race so right. I think it's like that traditionalist um, yeah. generations um, it's hard you know sometimes to get past like social norms right, um, right. and I'm not having kids and right. I live across the country and I've been divorced and I've broken my leg and I'm still not off my path 
Um, right. But in some ways, like, I think they're proud of it because um, right. I just saw them this last weekend and they're asking me how it's going. And um, I think when you stick something through and you're determined, yeah. it will work out. And you, it sounds like you've also worked with young women specifically to mm -hmm. like try to motivate them to follow their own passions. Yeah. What, whatever that may be. Is that yeah. centered mostly around sports or is that your, is your message like whatever it is, go for it? Um, whatever it is, but um, obviously my platform is sports, um, and I believe it's important to use your platform, whatever that may be, mm -hmm. for good um, and to better the community. And so, um, I mean, it's a good, like part of my business is about that in itself, like mm -hmm. in inspiring and empowering and, you know, teaching and sharing knowledge. I think a lot of us want to be closed off and protect what we've learned, oh, I'm not gonna post my workout, I'm not gonna put uh, it on right. Strava, people are gonna be watching. Um, and um, I think that's changing in the world. It's not just you know individuals anymore breaking that mold. And right. I think the more people are sharing um, and more about bettering the community and not about how it benefits them, um, it's, I think it's the direction the world's going. Mm -hmm. and any way I can be a part of that is mm -hmm. exciting to me. Um, like you had said before, pursuit of um, your best self, and that means whatever it may be. And when you can share that and help someone else be better, mm -hmm. um, it's like how I got into coaching. Like it's, I, don't, I almost get more excited about that than <laughs> anything else at this point. Right, right. So that, that question of helping others how you help others pursue their best self. I think if I, in doing the research or doing the background research on you, it was after an injury, after your Achilles injury or something, you got to train like the National Olympic Training Center or Running Center where they offered all the modern like cryotherapy and all the modern rehab techniques that you, that you now have integrated into your business. Yeah. Um... How, how did you, what was the, the, the impetus to take it from what you experienced? What made you then say, I'm going to now open my own gym, my own business, and do this professionally? Because <laughs> I assume you were still fully committed as a professional runner. Yeah, it was a big step, and I did not know what I was getting into, I will be <laughs> honest. Um, but... Um, like I said, I didn't give up. So um, I was really fortunate. I, so after that surgery, which was a big deal, I went to Sweden. Um, I think the real motivation was there was a five-year struggle with my Achilles. Not having answers. I got multiple MRIs. I went to Palo Alto to the best surgeon there. I went to New York, got shockwave therapy, PRP, Prolo, um, was at the training center. Um, and there were still no answers. And it was five year, I mean, I had good success during that five years, but I was usually always in pain. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't always last. Um, usually towards the end of outdoor track, after doing three seasons, I would struggle. Um, I did win a national title during that time somehow, but um, it, it, so it was just like up and down. And I think all the therapy and all the training, and that's when I really got into 
um, exploring. It's when I got a Pilates cert, a yoga cert, my first personal training cert. Um, I have, I went to everything, visualization, <laughs> sports psychology. Uh -huh. um, I even did not just sports psychology, but brain training where as a muscle, um, where I'm on a bounce board throwing a bean bag and counting the alphabet and someone's <laughs> clapping behind me and I have to remember how many times I clapped, but not miss a beat or ruin uh -huh. my balance. Um, I went through every piece you could go. I mean, I would go into a squat and visualize my SI joint moving and like going through every little piece of the puzzle. Um, and I finally ended up having surgery in Sweden and getting my answers, moved into the training center and immersed myself in six months of nothing else. Like I was with the head physiologists, head coaches, head doctors, PT every day. Um, what you've been to my center, it's kind of a, everything in one place. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean I don't work with people outside of there, but you have this resource where there's all different people that can kind of powwow and work together. And then having access to a recovery center with the gym, with the therapist, like, cause you, most of us can't afford to get therapy every day, even right. me. Like, <laughs> well, I meant then, now right. I really can't. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm busy, but, um, and, um, so um, it's, it, it adds up, but our bodies, we only have one. And being injured across the board and having setbacks or starting to not love what you enjoy most. Because there's times it, it wasn't fun to go out the door and run. Like right. when you're in pain, I get to the point where I couldn't jump over a puddle. And I was still racing professionally. And I'm like, I'm a pro athlete who can't jump over a puddle. This is not okay. Right. Um, right. And so I just learned so much there. And I already knew a lot, or I thought I did. And uh, the research, um, I'm actually against cryotherapy. That's a whole separate thing. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a okay. reason we don't have one. Okay. But, um, so um, they do not have that at the training center, just right. so you know. Um, okay. I am into um, ice compression, but actual cryo saunas, um, the research doesn't support. Again, looking in the depth into the research okay. articles, um, it does have some positives, which we can cut this part out. Um, <laughs> um, no, I think we should but, um, we'll just embrace it. Yeah. Embrace the conflict. Embrace the well, debate. Well, I mean, I'm not against them. They have a huge placebo effect. Um, you can feel it immediately. Um, you're just not in it long enough for it to penetrate past the epidermis layer. Okay. And if you were, you'd have frostbite. So, right. um, okay. but it, that doesn't mean I don't see a purpose for it. Um, it is getting the capillaries in the skin. Um, there is that thermo um, regulation um, where your blood is going to move to your heart and then come back out. But you get that much greater in a hot cold tub, you get that much greater in Normatec, okay. you get that much greater in an infrared sauna. So you do get some positive effects, but um, the research currently, um, there is a right. few positives, but they only the, you have to look at the control groups and who they're testing. And right now the research just is not conclusive enough okay. to pay $50 a session right, right. Um, when you can get much more out of um, a hot cold tub right. or a sauna. And just to, just to back up for a second a little bit, to kind of bring everyone who hasn't seen the recharge facility <laughs> up to speed. Sorry, I went way off. It's, <laughs> I mean, it is, it is a personal training studio with every, you know, kettlebells and machines and weights. And it is also, there are offices for chiropractors and massage therapists and acupuncturists as well as an entire suite of like hot and cold plunge an infrared sauna, and the I, I, these what this company called Normatech yeah, that makes roots. like yeah they make <laughs> sleeves that exert compression and and ice 
they circulate ice water through there for cold treatment as well and and it's a full it's way more than any other gym I've ever been. <laughs> so I was the first in the world to that I know of. Let me rephrase that. Right. I, I, I at least in America, um, mm -hmm. to put it all together. Um, I still haven't seen it all put together by one person um, at the level, but a lot of them are popping up now. Um, I'd like to say I had some part in it, but probably not. I think they've been around a while just at pro level and um, hospitals and and I think it's just now getting more into the public um, that taking care of your body is really important. So the, the passion for you has always been, I think that like we were saying, that deeper passion of like becoming your best self, yeah? Mm -hmm. And for you it's through, it's through the mechanism, through the sport of running. Yeah. But then it seems like you also, it sounds like you, you wanted to help other people achieve their best selves through the gym. Yeah. But was the gym also a, was that another venue for you to like see if you could perform at that level and, and you know, be your best self and be a business person as a, and, and add to that the question like, was it ever a thing for you that you're like, I want to be a, you know, a strong female business owner. Set that, set that standard, set that bar high. Yeah, I mean, there is a part of that because, like I said, when I was younger, that wasn't the norm. But I think in this day and age, it's morphed and it doesn't matter what I'm doing, I always want to do the best I can do mm -hmm. and see um, how, how strong or how well I can perform in each, I hold myself to a high standard. Mm -hmm. um, to put it, and I don't think it's female related anymore. I, okay. I, I really think it's just about being a good role model of anyone who wants to pursue their passion and not quit. And not just make it happen, but do it at the best level you can. And never settle. Like I'm already, like I never stop kind of trying to make it better. And being your model for that is cool. I'm not gonna lie, like that's, that's yeah. cool. Um, I, I doesn't mean I haven't had some failures along the way and made you know changes and like learned from them and right. got better. Um, but at this point, like I like to be like, it doesn't matter who you are and what gender you are. Um, I'd like to break that like female. I mean, I am a strong female business owner, but I hate when someone calls and like they're like, can I talk to the business owner and. <laughs> Where is he? And I'm like, no, it's me. Yeah. And then they're like, little girl with pink hair. Like, right, right. <laughs> no, really. And I'm like, no, really, it's me. Um, but I think that's changing. I'm getting less and less of that when well, people good. call, yeah. um, even strangers when they come to the front. Um, and I think it's exciting just whoever you are, no matter what you look like, tattoos, pink hair, small, um, that people see you as strong and it doesn't, you know, I even like hate that statement, like um, strong for a girl or, you know, right. it's like, I think strong is whether you're whatever gender you are, it's irrelevant. It's, it's mm -hmm. confident, strong. Those are the most attractive qualities to me. It doesn't matter what your gender is. Um, and so um, if you embody that, I think it doesn't matter who you are. Sorry, that was a little more verbose no, that than was, I meant it to be. That was awesome. <laughs> that was a great like statement of belief and position, I think. Yeah. There. So, um, so I'm all about equality and like 
but I also want it to be like, I see the future as it, it doesn't matter who you are and what gender you are and stop being like you're doing well and strong female business and just say strong business owner. And that's kind of where I want to see it going. Nice. That's great. All of us have to kind of embody that. And so Mm -hmm. if I'm doing my part, um, what I can do, which obviously I'm female and an athlete. So you you said that you're, you're 37 years old. You're still like rocking and rolling still as passionate as ever about competition like do you see yourself you're you're like i'm going to do this until i fall over one day like is this something it sounds like it will be a lifetime passion for you forever i want to be 80 on the start line trying to beat the people that are 60. (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) i will probably have pink hair and some weird outfit on um but i won't care um i the reason i think my passion, my business is kind of geared to that. I've had so many setbacks um, and I see it in other people too and they give up and having a place that is that middle ground that can give you positivity mm-hmm. and inspiration and help you get through those darker times. Um, but like I am getting older so I've had to accept a little bit. I, I've broken my leg. I'm at three surgeries on this ankle. Um, right. It's not the same as it was when I was 30, um, but... <laughs> Unbroken yeah. in 30. <laughs> but I don't accept it as meaning I can't still pursue that. Right. Um, right. I just keep working as hard as I can to be as strong as I can. Um, I don't just accept that it's it's diminished. Um, I just keep working on strengthening it, getting the mobility back, and I don't give up on it um, because the alternative is sitting on the couch, right. and that's not me. Right. So, exactly, um, you're like, the alternative is just gonna suck yeah so I'll be you know be damned if I want to just accept that and I might I mean I have I think I have another shot um when your last surgery was only a couple of months ago is that correct seven months seven months ago Mm -hmm. and then after that surgery you it was only a few months after that that you won the first surgery. So okay, this is my so, second. Uh, so sorry, yeah. I'm trying to keep all the ankle yeah, surgery straight. Yeah, there's a lot. So. so the first surgery that put pins in your ankle and put metal in your that ankle. That was two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. but it was only a few months after that that you sort of popped up on the trail running scene, right? Yeah, so I ran my first race post-op at five months, which is okay. kind of nuts for a bone reconstruction. Um, and I think I was hyperventilating on the start line. Like, what am I doing here? I'm not ready. I've done like one workout. Um, Because I didn't want to force it. Like anyone who's seen me rehab, I know you see this like energy that wants to get stuff done, but I I honor the rehab process and you Mm -hmm. cannot force your body. Like your body will tell you when it's ready. Now I was healthy. I may not have been my fittest, but I was healthy at that point and ready to complete it. Um, But you know, we hold ourselves to high standards. So I was on it like, okay (laughs) and then the race director comes over and he's like it'd be amazing if you won your first race back and I was like don't do that to me yeah right I was just hoping not to embarrass myself (laughs) (laughs) and um um but I also wanted to inspire people not to be scared to go out there because people are watching I'm like people are watching and I'm still here because I'm like I don't care I'm just so happy I worked so hard in my rehab Mm -hmm. like I don't I didn't even have a social life for that five months I like literally worked out or rehabbed or worked it literally there was nothing else right and it was so important to me that's how i stay positive when i'm hurt 
I, I put everything into rehab and recovery and eating well and making bone broth and doing right. all the stuff I don't spend enough time now. Right. <laughs> but, um, um, and um, so I was so happy to be there. And for me, I need to have a goal to do all of, to put in always, like I'm very goal oriented. And so I like having a goal right there. Um, so fast forward, I got second. Right. <laughs> I almost won. <laughs> I don't know how. I literally was on the ground. Um, but I think it was here, not here, that made that happen. Right. Obviously, I'm, I'm a talented athlete, but it was here. And not putting limits on myself when I started the race. Okay. Um, and just said, you know what, I'm going to have the most fun I can have. If I'm 15th, 10th, 1st, it doesn't matter. Um, and a lot of us hold ourselves back from what we want to do because we're scared of what the results could be. Right. Um, and I like to live as an eternal optimist, so. An internal optimist? Eternal. Eternal optimist. Eternal okay. optimist. An eternal so. optimist. Yeah, I, was like I can an be internal. completely out of shape and on the star line, I think I might win. <laughs> like, even though I really. And then after that race, you also, you won an award or there was some sort of recognition of you. Yeah, so that the... was just a road race and then I won. Um, it took me, so that was five months. It took me um, nine months post-op to run a trail race. I was a little nervous of the trails. And you so. kind of got sucked into that by your friends, right? Yeah. Your friends were like, no, come on, Renee, do this race. And you're like, you people are crazy. Well, I still had metal on my ankle, and trails are really technical and rocks and hills, and I hadn't done any of that with my ankle yet. I've been okay. keeping it pretty chill. Um, <clears throat> but we have this amazing Bend community full of just incredible, I mean, it wasn't just pros, it was like a whole bunch, like you had the pros, but then it's just like our community is just, everyone's doing epic things all the time. And so there was a huge group going and it sounded fun. And uh, I was like, that's it, I'm, I'm getting back on the trails, I'm gonna do it. And then um, I won my fourth national title. So that's amazing. it was pretty fun. And then that's where the real um, peer pressure happened for the 50 mile after that, which was not a good idea. But okay, okay. I'm gonna get back to it, but it was, there was some crying and some walking and <laughs> but it was a good good race because um i think when we're humbled sometimes it gives us another like another thing to drive for because right now I've, I've done a lot mm -hmm. and so like something like an ultra is so new for me i don't even understand where the pain is where it's completely different than like a shorter event oh, okay. and so it's it's exciting because i i don't have anything to compare it to and okay. so it's just like with strength training, when I started that, it was so new and I could learn so many different things and it was exciting. Um, but really it's exciting to how do I apply it to my sport. And I've gone completely off topic here. No, so no, you're totally, you're totally you on topic. I think. That I, think we're, <laughs> I think we're good. I like went some tangent <laughs> there. Um, well, and so there was a quote, one of the quotes you have on a board in the gym could you tell and it was my handwriting? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I wasn't entirely sure who had written it, but it is a quote from Michael Jordan who says, never say never because limits like fears are often just an illusion. It's is, that, is that kind of a, a mantra for you? We talked a little bit before we started filming about personal mantras and, and that seems to resonate with you. <laughs> like all the way to your core. Yeah, it's probably my favorite. I mean, it's the great Michael Jordan. Um, yeah, right. So, but it's not just about that. It's 
I mean, it kind of started like I was went in the training center and there's this coach from Trinidad and Tobago and he always went, never say never, and like, <laughs> like all the time. And then um, I realized where it came from, the quote, and, okay. um, and then I saw, heard the whole quote and I was in the midst of my long rehab with the Achilles, which is kind of a, for a runner, like real, real low rods, 50-50, to, especially to a high caliber again mm-hmm. um, on coming back. And... Um, I think I just liked it because most of us don't know what our limits are, like really what our personal limits are. Um, it's hard to get the most out of yourself. Um, there's so many things you put, obstacles you put in your own way. It's like why I love competing. It's not about the other people. It's about you and they help bring out what you can, like the most you can get out of yourself. Um, it's not about beating other people. And I think some people get that backwards sometimes in life um and so to me it's it's about getting past like realizing there's so many illusions you put on yourself and fears Mm. and i just love the whole it's like life sports everything that usually it's it's an illusion and i don't know i just really resonated with it so that's neat so I'm getting hot now thinking about it. I'm ready to <laughs> you're race. Breaking a sweat. I'm like, you're like, no, okay. I'm ready to go. I'm like, let's go race. <laughs> so there are other, a few other quotes that you had, I think, on your website or on another website that baptism under fire leads to, quote, the only kind of respect that matters in the world. Self-respect. That's Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> so I love Bruce Lee, Rocky, and Michael Jordan. Um, right, I think there's another, there's a Bruce Lee quote here as well. Yeah, um, that was after, I posted that after my second marathon. So my first one was incredible, I ran really fast. Um, and the second one, less so. Okay. It was probably the most painful day of my life, um, besides breaking my leg. But um, I was so happy at the finish line because I never quit. And I actually felt like I got more out of myself in that race than the fast one. Hmm. So the fast one I was running, I was, you know, there's rare moments when you talk to runners where like you're floating and it's that runner's high. Uh They're actually rare for everybody. Um, And it was one of those days (laughs) where I was at mile 20 before I even, I was like, oh, my 20. Um, I was doing this at mile 10 on the next one. I was like, oh my gosh, I have 16 miles to go. And I was doing thumbs down um, and it was a struggle bus. And all I, the whole race, I just went one more step, one more step literally for like two hours and I never even thought about another step I like and when I finished that race I didn't have anything left like not even a fraction of anything less and so that quote resonates with me because it's that baptism under fire you don't really know what you're made of until you challenge it um when it's it's easy to do well when it's easy but what happens when you're challenged or tested or the going gets rough or a setback happens um, and so that quote, how baptism on fire, and that's the way to self-respect. And it's like, that was the day I realized, like, I'm not a quitter. Like, it's, it's like, it's, it doesn't matter. I'm going to try my hardest. Um, but would, I mean, that was, it doesn't sound like you ever doubted that about yourself before either. Um, I think, I think you don't really realize it till you're fully tested. You can right. think you have it. Right. But it's 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 different when you experience it versus right like i don't quit think about but, it <laughs> yeah. um but 
it's really, like I said, it's really hard to get everything out of yourself. Every, to your full potential, to reach your full potential. Right. It's really hard. Um, you're your own enemy in that sense. Um, and you've got to learn to like dance with the discomfort and kind of learn to almost embrace it mm -hmm. and not see it as that. Um, and I'm not talking about just running. I'm talking about anything in life. So, um, you know, it gets hard, everything, you know, and at some point, I think everyone's been through a struggle um, and how you can get through that and kind of get through the other side. And so you're right, I, I, I'm not a quitter, but like, it's different getting every ounce out of yourself, mm. like every single aspect and knowing that you didn't leave a single thing on that table, like not even a fraction of energy right. in the reserves. Right. Um, and that's why I love running so much because it tests that so, so well. <laughs> like, right. like. Well, I, I, was, I was listening to an interview um, just the other day and the, the guy being interviewed was talking about how he, he, he said a couple of things that I found to be fascinating which tie in exactly with what I think you're saying, which is he was like, pain is the only thing that will force us to grow out of our out of our comfort zones yeah and that he was saying that in his life the most difficult <clears throat> you know times in his life are the times that taught him resilience and forced him to grow and made him into the person he is now that allowed him to write a book and to be a ceo and to be a leader and he was like we we appreciate the lessons that we learn from those hard times even even though the you know it can be truly gut-wrenching painful emotionally painful physically painful times but so it's not that we like appreciate the pain but we appreciate what it forced us to learn yeah and he was saying that sort of his approach now is to be preemptively grateful if you will for the lessons that pain teaches to the skill so when hard times <laughs> come up you know he sort of tries to embrace them mm -hmm. and he was like how much better would our lives be if we didn't dread emotional pain physical pain you know, yeah. because and it sounds like that's exactly what has driven you or has helped you like when your goal is become your best self well if pain forces growth you kind of have come to embrace yeah the painful moments it's actually really beautiful the way you put it because it's not well, always so you. easy to put that in so succinct words <laughs> it's like when i'm rehabbing someone and they're just oh it's gonna take six months it's gonna i was ever right. gonna come back and i'm like you know what i came back faster from my achilles surgery in that huge, huge time period where I had to grow and learn. But I spent so much time even on the ground doing things immediately because um, I was in that amazing environment at right, the training center. Right. And um, I, I was fitter, like even with no running um, coming back because every imbalance was kind of addressed. Been addressed. Yeah, from you like the beginning the in the ground. Like... Yeah, and just get into the nitty gritty and uh -huh. start over, but with a fresh palate and build up appropriately instead of us go, go, go. You know, not ever wanting to take a step back mm -hmm. and see what you can make better. When someone finds something like they need to work on, I'm like, be excited about that. 
because right. you're going to fix something and be better. And like, you're going to feel better than ever. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be less, in, you're going to be more bulletproof. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can basically future proof your body almost in ways. Um, and so I have a different outlook with injuries at this point because every single one of mine have made me better. Like which is every exactly single one. What the point of that, of what he was saying yeah. was. But at yeah. the time, it's hard to realize right. that. Right. And so um, that's it's it takes a few to sometimes get that nailed in. But I think with more people sharing their stories, um, it's I love. I mean, I hate and love social media, but it's like right. it's such a good resource of people not just sharing you know the highlights but more right. and more people are sharing their struggles and i think that's empowering everyone to look at things differently if i can and you can tell me if this is not an area you want to kind of delve into but exploring that same concept of of pain forcing growth but mm -hmm. in you know in your personal life in relationships that that seems like territory you've walked as well <laughs> unfortunately and yeah. fortunately right so um i've had some meaningful conversations about it so um i don't mind talking about it because um it's a part of me and it's made me a better communicator it's made me better at a lot of different things um so you're talking about my divorce probably well yeah we're <laughs> like, just i mean but I'm also just guessing here and how just, certainly that's a part of it but also just personal relationships and how you, you know, just keeping with the theme of what we're talking about, like how do you balance that intense level of commitment to your sport and the life that you've created for yourself, the life you've chosen, and, you know, personal relationships and maintaining friendships and family and everything else. Like, yeah. it doesn't sound like it affected your family relationships. Like sounds like they wanted you to pursue a career, a regular career, but then career, they didn't love they not also... hearing from me for a few years right. <laughs> when the 80 hour a week period was happening. But um, I think people understand. Um, and I am an outgoing individual. So, yes, just um, a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little um, bit. But I mean, every single person, I think, touches your life and I don't know, like it's, they've all facilitated growth in some ways. And being able to share pieces, I'm not shy about. And so, um, you know, I am a driven individual and I do a lot, but I think you always have to make time for the people that matter in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think in the beginning, when I first opened a business, um, I wasn't as balanced because I was still right. this full board athlete and I didn't know what I was doing, opening a business. <laughs> I thought I did, but I, I mean, I knew my, where I wanted to go, but all the right. little pieces, like, you kind of learn. Like, and right, it's, like, and it's a lot of... Oh, filing taxes. Yeah, and, I was good at that, because I always did oh, my own. Oh, because you were math, and, and, math, and, yeah, math and economics. I had that one. Yeah, that, but, like, managing employees. That's and, the part I'm not. Like, right. I'm friendly and stuff, but um, it's, you know, not micromanaging and also empowering right. and learning different people you're going to work better with and making sure people are in the right position that's going to allow them to grow as well um, and not feel like they're in just, you know, a placeholder. Um, right. And so there, there's a lot to do with that in communication. So I think every relationship, again, going back to communication, um, is huge. 
Um, we all have our different perspectives in life, right? We all grow up with different things impacting us and different experiences. And so we have that perspective. And so I think when you have your own perspective, you can read into any statement or any, you know, you have to realize people don't understand exactly what you're trying to say if you don't really detail it out because mm -hmm. um, everyone's background is different. And I think all of the different aspects of my life have helped me learn that really well. Um, and also make sure to ask and not have them have to ask. I think people are shy sometimes to do that, even me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's okay to ask, what did you, like, like ask for more um, and ask for help as well, which is really hard for me. Like, like, right. But um, you just can't do it all. Like you, you want to, but I have learned to like, I give a lot of energy to the people at the gym, to my right. family right. there, to the community. It's, it's part of me. It's, I'm that person, I'm an energy giver. But you have to remember to protect a little bit for the people that matter most in your life. Right. And right. you can't just do it here and expect, you know, everyone to be waiting. So, um, like my grandma is turning 90 and going into assisted, you know, care. And so I just, I can't wait. You have to make time mm -hmm. because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And right. we all get busy. So, um, I think if it's important to you, you make time and it's just like that same with training people are like, I don't have time. I'm like, you spent an hour doing your hair. Like <laughs> right. that's, that's not me, but like, um, it's not me either. Uh, I don't spend, I don't spend an hour doing my hair. I bet you spent two. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of work that goes into making yeah. me look this good. Yeah. Tell you. I mean, it's all about what's important to you. There's nothing wrong with that either though. Right. Is what I, right. I'm trying to say. Like it's what's important to you. And if it's important to you, you'll make time. And yeah, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong. Find out what's important to you and make sure to protect time. Like running is really important to me. Um, coaching's become my biggest passion and I'm, oh, you know, I'm getting older and, you know, running's still there, but some of my priorities have shifted. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not done, but like, right. but right. Um, I'm not in this like strict box anymore either. Um, but I always, in my schedule, like I coach all day, I have my training blocks blocked out. Mm -hmm. um, put it in your schedule. I put in my schedule, meeting here, call, making this call, like, you have to put it and make time for it. I even schedule out my recovery at this point. When I was just an athlete, I didn't have to do that as much because all I did was run and recover and did right. all the steps. But even I can get, it's like you always get the meat and potatoes part done and you might skip some of the right. other pieces of your, like most your runners. vegetables. Yeah, <laughs> vegetables. Although I love vegetables, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but um, most runners will always get their running in. Right. They won't they'll skip the other stuff if they're short on time. Right. And I right. try and beseech them, you should always be doing some mobility or some strength, even if it's 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I was like, like you have to get it in because your injury risk is going up, your strength, especially as you age, like strength training is so important for runners. And I, maybe that's part of my path into strength training because most runners don't do it. Right. And I think when they see a runner who's doing really well and come back and coming back stronger, with a focus on strength training and mobility and, you know, balance in their training schedule, um, where I run le le less than I've ever run and I'm running longer in races ever than ever. Right. And most people are like, how? And I'm like, and I'm like, faster because right, there's and balance. And like, you must be training twice as much. And you're like, no, no I'm, I'm actually training less. training less, but in a smarter fashion. 
train smarter, not harder. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I think some people just think they just need to hammer themselves all the time. And it's, I mean, although that's beautiful, it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> not in the long term. Certainly, I was going to say, not yeah. in the long term. You yeah. can get when away 20, with that. You're 20, you can get away with it sometimes. Exactly, exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. When you're in your 20s. But even then, I would have been, I think I would have been, been faster, been faster and more successful yes. and had more fun yeah. um, doing it differently. Right. Like, I only go hard twice a week. And most people think, oh, I run hard all the time. I'm like, I run slower than a lot of people in town on my easy days. Um, <laughs> but again, it's that balance. And I'm, I think I'm really passionate about teaching that in right. general at this point. So let me ask you, at what it sounds like somewhere along the way it went from you being focused on just you achieving your best self. Somewhere in there, maybe when you were at the training center or something, your focus seemed to, or maybe not shift, but expand to like include helping other people achieve their best selves. Is yeah. that, is that, do you think that's a bigger part of the, of the picture now or how does that fit into everything for you? It's most definitely my focus. That is. Um, but in helping other people. The funny thing is when you focus there, you actually get better too. Yes. Yeah. Like, we get so caught up in ourselves sometimes, especially when you're younger. Um, well, yes. I mean, all of us do. Still Any do. Of us There's still look, times. Yeah, <laughs> you look back on my on my teens and twenties, and I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> uh, like I couldn't have been more self-involved if I'd tried. So. Yeah, there was a time in my life I was so okay. I'm running. I'm doing this. I can't go out. I'm doing. I, wasn't allowed to go on, I didn't run technical trails ever. People, when I first moved here, were shocked. Like, I would just go back and forth on, like, this flat section of trail. <laughs> Track runner, remember? Right, right. So, um, and it just, as soon as I just opened up to fun, that's when my real success kind of happened. And I think that's letting people know, like, you don't have to be hard on yourself to have success. Doesn't mean you don't work hard, but um, my passion changed because I just, when you start helping people more, you realize like how, I don't want to say internally rewarding it is because that's the opposite of what I'm trying to say. Right. But, like it's, but it's both. It's, it's both, both because it's, it's just when you take your focus away from yourself, it's so freeing. And okay. it's just freeing to be who you want to, who you're supposed to be with no judgment and enabling someone else to be that way, it's probably one of the most powerful things. Like, and I'm not saying just in an inward, but in a just global sense. Mm -hmm. um, it's, yeah. Sorry, I don't really know well, how to put that well, in words better. No, no, I think that was great. I, think I have a degree in math. Didn't I tell you that part? Like talking, <laughs> like, if you could, I can talk a lot, but I don't like. <laughs> like if I could just lay this out uh, in an equation. Yeah, can I like an equation? Yeah, like like me on one side plus X, the other person. <laughs> we both are at a. Yeah. At a summation. <laughs> but one, one thing you just said that, that I want to touch on some more is you said when you started having fun is when you really, like that's when you really started to achieve a, your next level of success. Yeah. And and the fact the other the other thing you said was that when you stopped like beating yourself up is when you sort of stepped up to the next level. Yeah. 
the, talk, talk some more about the, the, the having fun part. I would say every single one of my PRs happened with me giggling at the start line, not taking it. <laughs> I mean, I was still nervous, so don't think I sure, wasn't. Yeah. Nerves and adrenaline are very important to success. And I always say, if you're not nervous, it's not important to you. Like, like it just, you know, having control of those nerves is important, but right. you don't want the absence of nerves. But um, I think when you just take away comparison, not just with, your, with others, but with yourself, um, you go out and stop being so strict on yourself, um, so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still am at times. Um, and I've worked a lot with a sports psychologist and how to reframe, like, even just changing the way you talk about something, like, not I have to go run, but I get to run. Right. Like, just changing yeah. a vo- the, the, the verbiage and its connotation mm-hmm. has power. Mm-hmm. And um, it's huge being able to, like, separate those two things and how your mindset and how much you can put yourself, like, I've told someone that I felt like I was in a box and they're like, you in a box? You're like out here. I'm like, no, really, I was still in this idea, idea of myself box um, yeah. and what I should be training. And everyone thinks, oh, if you're going to pro athlete, you have to live like a monk. You got to do this, that. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful. And, you know, I don't, I don't believe in that so much anymore because if it's not fun, then your passion's going to go down. Mm-hmm. Your drive mm-hmm. is going to go down. And I think that's the number one thing for success. I mean, you have, a, you have your physical talents. You have, you know, staying healthy, which is another really important thing. Um, you have, you know, not just talent, but also your drive and determination. I mean, there's a, whole, I, there's a whole list of things that you need to be a successful athlete, and talent's one of them. I mean, you have to have it, but it's if you don't have that drive, that you don't put the work in, you don't stay healthy, um, and I kind of forget what the fifth one well, was. Well, you, you were talking about the, the joy, the, the fun of it, keeping you excited, keeping you Well, keeping that's what keeps passion. the passion. Right. And so if you are hard on yourself, you always don't do anything for fun, you're always in this formulaic, your passion, it's going to become work and not... Right. It's not and gonna, if nothing else, you're going to be miserable. Well, I mean, every... And even if you're successful, you're going to be miserable. Exactly. Um, and every... I think a lot of people, when they start something it can easily, their passion can turn into just a job mm-hmm. and not their passion anymore. And yes. you have to protect that. <laughs> right. And I think when I stopped having to do something this certain way, um, and it kind of happened right after that Achilles surgery. So it was when I lived at the training center, but I also left it and I moved to Bend at that time. Um, okay. It was right after that. And I mean, I'm in love. Like, I, like, everyone, like, the person who brought me here is not here anymore, but I'm staying forever. Right. Um, I'm, it's, it's exactly like the type of people and the ideology is really embodied here in this town um, and really supports people pursuing their passions like we Pursuing their passions, right? <laughs> that word. Well, and I love that everything you just said about, about, you know, talent and work ethic and, and being, you know, driving yourself, uh, without driving yourself into the ground, but pushing yourself, but doing all of that with joy. And, and because if, if there's no joy, A, you're gonna hate what you do soon enough and you're gonna lose your passion for it. And I think that applies to any, any creative field for any person yeah. who wants to, basically who wants to live a, 
an enjoyable life. He wants to live a mm -hmm. fulfilled, and as we talked about, to bring it full circle, to be your best self. No one is going to be their best self if they're miserable. No. And you're going to stop pursuing those questions. You're going to stop, like, like, I study training almost every night. And not because I have to, because I can't stop myself. <laughs> I literally, like, I'll be sitting there and, and looking up video, and Chris like, are you watching training? I'm like, <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> like, I literally can't stop myself anymore, and right. it excites me. And if I look at it differently where I'm studying, it's, you know, or I feel like, you know, your outlook and your, men, like, you have to protect that. So you're so passionate that you want to figure out that problem. You want to fix it. And it's not work because it's, it's something that you need to do. Like, you want to do. Um, you love to do. What like, I hear is just, I just hear, like, joy and excitement coming through. Um, so it's neat to hear the, the excitement in your voice about training it's as if it's as if this first passion of being a runner and being a professional has created or is what led you to a a second passion of equal intensity yeah and how how lucky are you to have two <laughs> passions in life like i that? mean they're related but you're right sure. um one's a little more applicable and can continue forever mm -hmm. although i do see my running as continuing forever you'll be 80 yeah. on the start maybe even month. 90 yeah sure why not i mean do i look 37 okay <laughs> don't answer that no, <laughs> but um um i don't know i believe um, a lot of things and I think your passions can transform and still be similar but grow um, and it started off as trying to figure out my own body because mm -hmm. um, I would tell you most pro athletes aren't the best coaches like <laughs> right. I mean they're great athletes and they have a lot of drive and they're very good um, movers and but being able to articulate really what's going on and to the general public mm -hmm. is experience and a lot of work um, mm -hmm and a lot of um, really delving into the body. And I think all of my injuries and setbacks, um, that was the positive result or one of the big. Right. So like, I, like breaking my leg, it was horrible. Like, and I think it made me better. Like it's, hmm. well not think, let me rephrase that. Um, I know it made me better. Um, I was older at this point, already had a lot of research behind me, been coaching. I've rehabbed, I don't know how many times at that point, but um, that's when I really, everything clicked on what's going on inside and the moving pieces. And my passion got stronger at teaching people just how to feel their own bodies and how okay. to move and be better. And when I'm out on the race, I love racing in Bend now because I know everybody there. And, um, and it's just so exciting because all of us are cheering each other on even in the event. And it makes me faster. And so, and that's not why I'm passionate about it. Let me, I'm gonna start over on this. But I like what, I like what the picture you were painting of racing here in Bend, because one of the things you said about racing is that a lot of people make the mistake of they think they're there to beat everyone else. Mm -hmm. And your philosophy has been, it's a, it's a, not an internal competition, but it's not about beating other people. It's about 
achieving your best self. It's about seeing what you are capable of. Yeah. And when you talk about other racers, other runners here in Bend, everyone's cheering each other on. And, and it sounds like everyone here is racing from that same mentality, from that same philosophy of it's like. It's really cool. Having that energy of the crowd and the group and people you know, and knowing that you're all supporting each other just makes everyone else better. And um, not just better, but we all have more fun too. Right, and which joy, is, it's joy and fun, right? And if you look at all the success stories, a lot of them are based on that premise and really protecting that part of their sport life uh -huh. work. Um, because it's not a job then, it's, it's your life passion. Right. So um, it's pretty special in this town to have that. Um, I haven't, I mean, I've lived in a lot of towns, um, big running towns, and there's no group that doesn't want to hang out with this group or you can't talk right. to that coach or this. Yeah, it's, like, uh, it's like middle school. All oh, man. Right yeah. Like I remember lots of things in my past where and I've never really been a part of like those groups. Um, so it's exciting to be in a town where everyone really does want everyone to do better. Yeah. But that but, doesn't mean you're not trying to win still. Sure, But sure. it's different. You're just trying to get the best out of yourself. And if that's first, second, third, 10th, 20th, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, as long as you know you gave your best. Mm -hmm. And that's the special thing to me. Like, that's why that Rocky quote, like, resonates with me. Right. Because that's, that's self the self-respect. Self exactly. Right. That's when, that's that baptism by fire mm -hmm. um and it doesn't matter like like i told you i didn't win that race it was the not my best it's my worst my slowest marathon actually um and it was i mean it was i was on the ground crying out of happiness because it, it, it was everything what was ev <laughs> i know i gave everything i had right and right. and then you can always respect whatever you do so and it, it doesn't matter where it kind of, your life's gonna go in these tangents and you don't know where it's gonna bring you. Like I, who would have, like I remember calling my strength coach from college, which I'd be like, you never believe what I do now. Um, Cause I was that runner that would squat when he left the room and put nothing on it. <laughs> <laughs> that was me at one point in my life. Right. And now I'm trying to go as heavy as I possibly can because you know, once you know the purpose and why and trying to build yourself better, um, you can do things the right way. Right. And so that's why I'm passionate about coaching so much because so many people don't understand. Um, and the rehab side, because I've had so many injuries, like I think that puzzle piece, like my math side comes out because I want to figure out what's wrong and how to mm. fix it. Um, the or analytical aspect. The analytical there. aspect yeah. comes in and how to verbalize it in a way that you're going to understand exactly what I'm trying to say, right. which is harder than you think because everyone is different in what they respond to yes. and what they can see and I was gonna say from what you know little like from my coaching background more as a sports coach not a personal training coach but it's you, you can say the same thing 15 different ways yeah. and it'll be the 16th way that someone else interjects and it that's what clicks yeah and the, it works for that person and you're like, great, like whatever makes the message get through. But yeah, the hardest part, and maybe that's part of why a lot of athletes are not great coaches, yeah. is because the hardest part is getting what's in your brain to click with someone Somebody else's else. brain yeah. 
so that it makes sense. Yeah. Knowing the why is huge. That's the other quote that I was going to ask you about <laughs> the quote on the wall of the gym. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to butcher it. I'll let you, I'll let you straighten me out. <laughs> but it's something to the effect of like knowing why you're doing what you're doing means that you, basically that you'll, you won't ever run out of motivation. Yeah, exactly. Um, gosh, actually, Teresa wrote that one on the board, not me. Oh, okay. But, um, <laughs> but I love it. Um, and we're very in sync. So, um, and it's like, find your why. And right. you'll... Um, you won't need any other uh, motivation. Right. It's that is your motivation when you find your why. And I, I think that applies whether you're a, a painter, a photographer, a mm -hmm. runner. If you know why you're doing it, it doesn't matter if you receive accolades. It doesn't matter if anyone else even clues into it. Like you're doing it for your personal reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Find your why. It's, All right. It, so now, now I want to ask you about. Um, a couple of nicknames that you have there <laughs> i there's certainly i have a favorite in this list but there is there's <laughs> rainbow pixie which i think is obvious. fairly self-explanatory <laughs> pretty obvious um sunshine which i again That's i think is fairly self-explanatory <laughs> but hands down my favorite is tater <laughs> and i've i'm dying to know where tater came from I, I don't even know where it came from, to tell you the truth. <laughs> it just came, and it stuck. Okay. Um, gosh, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> I, like, I didn't know if you were like, every, every race story? you had a giant bag of Lay's potato chips oh. afterwards, or... Well, there is that. There. So, like, um, well, my dad is a food scientist, and okay. works for Food <laughs> <laughs> But so, so wait, but that's not where the he no, didn't start not, the nickname. No, it's not. But it might have helped it stick. Okay, like, right. Because I, I, it's one of my weaknesses is uh, potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really like them. That nice cream. But um, okay. So um, but um, gosh. Tater. Yeah, I don't actually that. Were you trying to Were you trying to let that one die? Have I, I think now? so. I'm like <laughs> I. I was hoping it was gone. Right. And now it's now it's <laughs> immortalized. It back. All right, um, good. It's that's a good question. I actually don't know this where it came from. Um, I wish there was a cooler story to say. You probably <laughs> thought there was going to be one. No, I just um, I, if anything, I figured it would be some embarrassing background thing that had. There's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, that's okay. At least now we've maintained Tater as a as a nickname. I'm sure you're very happy about that. Yeah. That's going to be in the show. <laughs> I'll have to ask Chris later. <clears throat> he probably knows way more about that one because he's the one that wants to keep it alive. So <laughs> this is this is kind of the final quote I wanted to bring up with you is, you have power over your mind, and not outside events. Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Yeah. And. I, you know, after everything we've talked about, like I certainly see how that resonates with you. But I, I'm curious as to that—that that doesn't just come from nothing. That doesn't just sort of happen spontaneously. Like you have to develop that as a as a philosophy, as a perspective. Yeah. Would you say that that is still your driving philosophy, or? Yeah. I, I mean, I posted that. One after I broke my leg. Um, oh, okay. A lot of people, you know, because events are going to happen. You have no control. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not an Olympian yet. Um, 
national champion, but not an Olympian. I still want to be very, very, very badly. Okay. Um, okay. But um, it doesn't also matter. I mean, it does matter. Sorry, that doesn't sound right. It's if it doesn't happen, it's that pursuit um, that is special and giving it your all. But so you have power over your mind, not outside events. So why it's powerful to me and why it's my kind of ideology is your reaction, your the way you look at something, the way you let it affect you is where it's, the power is. Um, you have no control over a lot of things in your life. Um, you fall on a piece of ice and break your leg. You've, there's nothing you can do about it. But you could stay and wallow in it or you could change your mindset about it and make it an opportunity to make yourself better or pursue some other passion, get even deeper into coaching, get even deeper into what else um, in your life you know, lights you on fire. Um, and that's, I think, how if you take that into anything you're doing, you're going to be successful and you're going to be happy because you're, you have control of your mind and how you respond to what happens to you, but you do not have any power over the actual events. And you can wallow in them, be negative, let it affect you differently, stop working out, stop, you know, whatever makes you happy, or you can just find a different way. Right. When, when do you think that first hit you? Was it with your first, like with your Achilles injury or? I actually think it wasn't till the broken leg. Like oh. I wish I could say it was the Achilles. <laughs> That started my passion more in the coaching world, but um, and rebuilding myself and the subsequent comeback. It might be more that comeback in the end because mm-hmm. um, I didn't know if I'd ever run again at some point. And after the broken leg. No, actually the Achilles. After the Achilles. Um, Achilles is a big deal. Yeah. Like the broken leg, I knew I'd run again. It maybe not right. as fast. Right. But um, your Achilles is a tendon that's very vital um, right. um, and to the whole push off and um, mine was pretty messed up so it's and then to come back and actually be faster afterwards is still like mind-boggling to me because usually it's a it's a it's the end game um, the Achilles injury for elite athletes in track and field and I would imagine <clears throat> like years it sounds like you went through years of trying to find the right answer oh and then year, five years when you're in your years. peak of your training abilities is and then excruciating really long. pain pain or, and um having to not be able to do what i need to do and it's it's hard to accept at a young age so i think maybe that was harder because i was young and you know had so many goals and like I said I was in that box (laughs) and and it was just harder to accept um, at that time but that journey afterwards is what changed me and then when I broke my leg I went full into that rehab right away like that's when I embodied that mindset I never even questioned I wouldn't come back right like it wasn't like will I come back like the Achilles I'm like I'm coming back and and I'm going to do whatever I can in every step possible. And it wasn't 
if, it was when. Okay. And so when people say, how did you win a national title with medals still in your leg? And I'm like, because I didn't think I couldn't. Like, I just went for it. And it doesn't mean like every race was roses afterwards because it's, I mean, I had a broken leg and every rehab is, is like this. Mm-hmm. But if you just don't accept it and just do your best, that's it. Well, and I think that is that mindset I have to imagine when you were like when you when you weren't sure if you were ever going to run again when you're with your Achilles injury you the the sort of darkness I mean you must have it forces you to question your identity it forces you and the same thing I would imagine too with like you know, in personal relationship, like it, it, it applies both to the physical and the emotional and the personal and everything else. When those things feel like they are, they've left you high and dry, and you're wondering, you know, what, like, what am I gonna do now? It's a big. I mean, some of that is like how my transition happened a little bit, because you realize. You can't take anything for granted. Um, not one step you're able to, to mm-hmm. complete. Um, and realizing, uh, I mean, there was a lot that happened during that time. I was really fortunate at the time to have a support group yeah. um, and have people behind me that believed in me right. no matter what. Because it's, it's hard because you're going to doubt yourself at times. Um, and then I was really fortunate to live in such an inspiring mm-hmm place at the Olympic Training Center. Um, and I think that's what inspired me to create, not think, I know, it's what inspired me to create something similar because without that, I don't know what path I would have gone in. Mm. Um, and it changed me to create a place that is that kind of positive mm-hmm. drive that kind of can tell people you can do anything if you want it. And as long as you're patient and you're smart and you stay positive. Um, and so like one of my favorite things is one of our members came in the day and she's rehabbing. She's just out of her boot um, or she's out of her crutches, but still in the boot. And she's like, I wasn't feeling good today. So I came here to feel better. And I was like, that's, that's it. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> like, like, and, and I'm happy. And like, I'm happy. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I think we're all a little hard on ourselves and mm-hmm. um, I think creating something positive for people was my passion because um, I had it myself and it really, I mean, not many people can, can have that, but I want to change that. Mm-hmm. So, Something you just said, you said that we're all pretty hard on ourselves and it mm-hmm. sounds like you, you set high bars for yourself and you set a high standard for yourself, but it also sounds like you've learn to be a lot more forgiving of yourself as well and a lot more like you know embracing the joy of what you're doing not the misery (laughs) yeah and embracing your flaws yeah like we all have them like i i really feel like your every positive virtue of yourself can be a negative if applied wrong Mm -hmm. and vice versa like my competitive drive is awesome for athletics not so good in like playing a game with your friends. Like, <laughs> so, right, right. I mean, it can go overboard. Like, right. So um, it's learning how to 
balance. I like balance. I love right. that word balance. Right. Balance in your life. And so I think that's where I was getting with that. Like, But is it also creating a life that allows you to find that balance? I mean, yeah. how do you take that take that passion take that joy and create a life that lets you do you know that lets you find the right balance mm, and it sounds question. like that's what you've i mean it's a journey really like it's not like it started on. there right, right. <laughs> but i've worked really hard on it but you know <clears throat> i think letting go some of what um i had to let go of some things during that and allow the people around me to have a bigger part in that and I think we all try and do everything ourselves sometimes. Um, and if you want to create something like that, I think it's more fun when you get to share it with others as well. And so um, I have created that around me, but it, it took time and there was failures during it. And right, I right. think it's like not giving up on it if you just don't know where it's going to take you completely. It's not like I would have told you six years ago, this is where I'd be right now. Right. It's like it kind of morphed along its way and it's a di it's the same vision but slightly different than what it started out as um and i think if you relax a little bit and let your passion drive you it ends up becoming what instead of you just always trying to be in control of every rain <laughs> well, and i think that's actually a really key thing to to understand to embrace is that you don't it's like you don't know how you're going to get from here to there yeah. and oftentimes you don't even know where there is but if you fought if you embrace your embrace your passions embrace the things that you love and do them with joy and love and sincerity it will it will take you down roads that you're like i would have never thought ever thought that i would end up here from there yeah do you feel like that is where where the how the path has worked for you yeah yeah definitely yeah and that doesn't mean i'm my passion of running's gone it's just sure, no, i have it, more it, than one passion right and i think some people think they can't have more than one and i i'm having the most fun of my life i'm having um more like and there's still challenges along the road but it's morphed into something I never, it's bigger than I ever thought it was mm -hmm. gonna be. And it's, it's, it, I would have never thought that would be my main passion too. Like you even said it before, like you see me light up more talking about this than my running, which is right. nuts. Which kind think of about freaks like you six out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't freak me out, but I think it's, it's like, you know, you don't really notice, but other people outside of the right. bubble can see it more. Right. Um, and yeah, like, I think I've, it's like you don't know. It's not all written in stone. Right. Like I wasn't even training people as much six years ago as I am now, and um, it's just it's really if you just get out of your own way sometimes and right. just let your passions dictate and yeah. let things morph the way they're supposed to be, you'll find where your real passion and what really lights you up. So. What do you think is next is coming next to down the road? Is it expanding on what you where you already are and what you've already created? Do you see something new coming or is it just you're like, I don't know, we'll see how we'll see what comes when it comes. I mean, I have always plans. There's <laughs> always in there. I have stuff I meant to do before I even opened. <laughs> and I feel like 
if you ever stop searching or stop growing, um, that's kind of the end of, of finding or happiness. And my, for me, um, I want to keep expanding on what I've built and fine-tuning it, um, being able to share it to a wider audience. Um, and then my athletic pursuits are still there, yeah. back here in this corner. And I think what excites me now is um, more in that trail world um, because it's still new for me. Right. Um, I've only run like races on one hand on the trail. <laughs> and um, and what, excelled in them <laughs> too, right? Like you, you have found success in that world. I have, too. but it's, it's still like new. Uh-huh. And it challenges me in a different way. It's different than the numbers on the track or the road because um, there's so many other factors that that's, that's not a factor. Time isn't part of that oh, equation because okay. there's, you know, vert and downhill, right. uphill and rocks and technical. What's the terrain, the location, elevation. There's so many factors, um, the length of the race, um, how many hours you're going to be out there, um, which I still accepting that part like <laughs> right, right. um but because um, i'm still the athlete that likes to be fast and done but, yes, um, yeah. um, but it challenged me different because the pain is different like you're going into darker places almost um yeah. of unknown not just how fast can you go but can i even finish um yeah. which is not a normal question in a 5k or 10k <laughs> um, right. so um but um um i can't I think what's special for it to me is like I've had injuries um, and I'm not done, but I also can't compare myself to myself uh, as much in it. Um, and I mean, I'm not done with roads and um, timed events and marathons, but something new is that's still part like the same thing, like it's still running, but it's a different form, a different event. And it's, freeing um as i age um and deal with you know broken legs and other and it's easier on my body actually it's softer different foot strike my athleticism and strength in the gym really translates um there and um it's it's really challenging because you can't just zone out you have to be in the moment you have to kind of whereas in the road races you're in the moment but like you're not worried about anything but the competitors and yourself and not the train really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is some hills, but it's, it's nothing, it's not the same. Right. Um, and right. so it's um, you against that hill almost. It's you against the steps in my case. I hate steps in <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the trail stuff, like really. Uh-huh. Not like normal steps, like rocky things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, big technical d- downhills where you have to like get the fear gone um, and let go when you're scared. Um, it's it's kind of a different feeling um and you get to see so many things like tops of mountains and different places in the world and um so i think it's exciting because i didn't do that before Mm -hmm. and um and i want to see how i can translate the strength i have now um mentally and physically into still my my sport yeah so it's just like you know how you're doing strong first and getting more into that. Um, I'm pretty sure you didn't start in that, in that, and it's right. kind of been this journey. Right. Um, yep. And you're learning other things in the training world, and so it becomes 
kind of this, you start getting deeper and deeper and you find out there's more and more and more. Yes, and yeah. and yeah. I think it's fun instead of staying just in one path, uh -huh. kind of seeing where it can take you. Right, like if you're a right. painter, there's so many different mediums or different things that inspire you. Um, like whether you're painting Smith Rock or you know, a family, it's, it's all different, different lighting, different schemes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. different motivations. Where's your mind at that day? Um, I used to paint, so okay. it's actually another side of me that I <laughs> a I long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but um, it's um, I think you can just find different ways to apply that same passion. So that's great. Yeah, I, I think that is that's the perfect place to wrap this up. I think we can Yay. stop there. <laughs> no, <laughs> and kidding. I think you did a fantastic job. I can keep talking if you need me to. I know. I think I think that is. I think you've shared a, a lot of stuff that. I think people will find fascinating and helpful. So. There's only one thing I'd like to mention because we talked sure, about it on the way yeah, here. Well, it was on the way here. We are in the car, and you were talking about your own journey. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so we are here, and you, you know, you used to do everything, every part of it, and it started to get less fun. Yeah. And it's way more work, and you're kind of losing your passion in some ways. Yes, and you yes. Explain, like, like, how did you find that out? And... Because I think it will relate to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And how you learn to give up some pieces so that you could really focus sure. on what you really are good at and love. Okay. So just to give everyone a little context, before we started taping when we were in the car on the way over here, I was saying that I had done some of these interview podcast stuff previously and done them all by myself and done the audio and done the video and did the editing and and th realized or at first I didn't realize but what I came to understand was that the the editing the, the trying to do all the technical aspects of the show in addition to hosting it was a huge disincentive for me and was keeping me from doing more of it and it was only, so how I came to that realization was literally sitting down with myself in a notebook and thinking about, okay, Charlie, what is it that you really want out of this? And what I came to realize was that the thing that, that I get the most enjoyment out of is this part of it is learning so much about another person getting to have this conversation with another person getting to be the person on camera um, and it was not the technical side of it in fact the technical side of it was was a, a I'm not very good at it <laughs> I'm not a great editor and I was only moderately competent with video and audio and Getting any any time any time in my life, I can pair up with other people, work collaboratively with people. I am way happier and way more successful, and far more likely to see something through because you have people around you to help you and support you and stuff. So that's why. Not that you guys can see them, but the folks behind the camera that do all the actual technical work and do all the editing and stuff like they have they it started as just the idea of 
I'll, I'll bring these folks in who are way better at editing, way better at video, way better at audio and lighting than I am. And it quickly became obvious to me that they, these guys that you can't see that are behind the cameras are bringing 10 times the amount of input and support and ideas and energy and excitement to this than I ever thought would be part of the equation. And it has just been, it's really, it's, it's every time we get together and talk about it, it's invigorating, it's exciting, and it gets me more excited about becoming better at this side of it, becoming better at the side that is kind of my single responsibility, being the host and having the conversation. Like that to me, that to me is the part that I realized I'm really excited about. So it's like, okay, focus on the thing you care about and let people who are professional in, in the other areas do the other areas. So that was, but it was, it was literally a process of sitting myself down and saying, why did you stop doing that? What are your barriers? What are my barriers? Yeah. And in, in this situation, it was me trying to do everything was the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. And I so get that. <laughs> yeah, as a business owner yeah. and a person who, you know, well, has any perfectionist many will get that out there. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, you have to at so, some point. But when you learn to lean on other people or just let people do what they're good at and passionate yeah, about, yeah. and then you end up creating something even better. Yeah, exactly. And collaboration, man. I am, I am now a huge vocal proponent of collaborate. Collaborate with people whether you think you need it or not because they will bring something to the table you would never have even thought of. And you're like, oh, that's true. this growth. is now going to be 10 times better than it would have been if I tried to do it all by myself. Yeah, true growth happens that way. True change and yeah. accountability is also a big part of it too. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. So. so thanks for asking the question. This was this was incredible. This was exactly what I what I expected it to be actually with with your energy and your your vivacity and your the life you've led. I'm like this is going to be a fascinating conversation. So, thanks. I hope I hope people got something out of yeah, it. Yeah, um, I think so. And had fun watching. Cool. <laughs>